If you could be any villain, which villain would you be? Joker. I don't know villains. Mojo Jojo. <laughs> You don't know a, a single villain from anything. <laughs> I None. mean, you guys should know by now not to ask superhero questions. It's not a superhero. Okay, a villain is in superhero. Mean girls. villain is like mean Cruella girls. Deville. Yeah. It's like, or like in Mean Girls, that main girl, she's a villain. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, if we could go um, back, else? I'd change you should, my answer. You should have just I'm picked sorry. me. <laughs> oh, right. I'm a pretty good villain. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you picked Joker yeah. from Dark Knight? Any Joker. Oh. Like cartoons or Dark Knight. He's a good Joker. one. I mean, he's... Yeah. It's because he's he's like such a troll. Yeah, he's a troll. That like you can't win. Yeah. Even even exactly. if you put him in the worst situation, he's yeah. like smiling and laughing because yeah. he's like, oh, I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> so it's like you can't win exactly. with him. That's a good villain. Yeah. And then I Mojo Jojo. You know Mojo Jojo? Isn't that from Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girls? Girls? Yeah. yeah. Mojo was a young goon. Like he's a goon. <laughs> like he was so. Why was he messing with those little girls? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make any sense. But it was like uh, it was him. Super monkey. I feel like I feel like my theory oh, is that that makes sense for, for us. You know, <laughs> you know how uh, the mayor he was like that really small guy too. Yeah. I feel like Mojo Jojo and the mayor are like brothers or something because oh. they're like the same size. They have like the same sort of interesting. And maybe theory. maybe like the uh, the mayor's wife. She was like this like this like <laughs> model, right? Yeah. And you never saw her what, face, right? You never saw her face, only yeah. her legs. Okay, and Frost is over here writing like Powerpuff Girls fan fiction, like <laughs> in the middle of the night. But I think I think Mojo wanted a cop, like her, <laughs> yeah, maybe. and that's what that's what it was all about. Yeah. But the Powerpuff Girls were just like in the way for some reason. <laughs> so it's really a story about Mojo Jojo. Anyways, welcome to another episode of Strange Flavors. This is brought to you by Alif Theory. My name is Faraz. My name is Shimmer. My name is Amber. Nothing unique today, Shimmer? No, I don't know. Mojo Jojo. <laughs> I feel like that's the best part about him. He says his name like that. Mojo um, So we recently did a, um, a 50th episode giveaway. Um, first of all, thank you guys for making it this far. We really, really appreciate it. Thank um, you, thank you. You guys have thank been listening you. for so long Bless. to us on God Apple Podcasts, Bless. on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, and most recently on YouTube. So we appreciate you from wherever you watch. Um, and so we're going to announce the winner now of our little gift box filled with a bunch of different, cool, strange flavors, all of theory things and stuff. Okay, drum roll. The winner is... Mojo, <laughs> it's Sabah Rahman ninety nine. Congratulations, Sabah. We see you. We appreciate you. You're always there to support us, yeah. and you tagged a bunch of people and uh, on that post. This is random, win. by the way, too. Yeah, we randomly selected. It wasn't yeah. like I'm just I'm just complimenting because <laughs> I recognize your name. Um, but yeah, congratulations. Send us your address, and we'll ship over the gift box. Um, and thank you all, everybody else who uh, entered to win. Um. I saw this. I saw this funny thing um, in going viral recently. It was. Uh, did you guys see this? It was like this girl that used the N word at a Kendrick Lamar oh, show. Yeah. yeah. So so Kendrick called up this girl to uh, sing one of his songs um, on stage, and the song was Mad City, which is like has so many N words in it. Right. That I don't know what he was thinking, but anyways, this girl comes up. She does it. And then he stops her. She's saying the N-word, like, you know, singing the song. Yeah. And he stops her and he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
you got to do it again, but you got to like block out one single word there. And then she does it again and censors herself. But um, it was blasted like all over the news too. Like, yeah. oh, like this girl used the N word. And But I don't know, like how do you guys feel about that? I think songs are always confusing, man. Uh, like, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard because one, he called her up to sing that song. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and two, she's not using it in a negative manner. Right. Right. And but but the, the argument is that if you you're not black, yeah. do not don't use it. it right. right. And, and even in song context, like I get it. Like, but it's 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 so hard because you're, like you're used to like especially me like I love like learning every single word of every song and just like going off but like mm-hmm. not saying a certain word like you know you can get yourself to do it but when you have that artist calling you up to do it like yeah that's a confusing situation and for us to be sitting here and talking about it and us not being black we we aren't really yeah. able to right. you know, fully make understand. that but but evaluating it from the outside perspective this is what I think is the problem um, even Charlemagne gave. Uh, the girl donkey of the day when i think kendrick lamar deserves it right. and and the reason is because somebody on his own label schoolboy q he's also a part of uh you know the um tv yeah and um so during schoolboy q shows he said this on i think it was conan he was like the first thing that i do is i make all the white people say the n-word during his own shows mm-hmm. and he's like because it should be uh it's too much tension and this and that and so now you have somebody who's like telling them to say it, yeah. making it okay for them to say it, and then you have somebody like Kendrick who pulls somebody up, knowing that this word, this uh, song, has it all over the hook. Yeah. And How old is the this song. girl, by the way? She's like she's young, young like yeah. fourteen, fifteen, okay. sixteen. If, but it's if, just if she's like an adult. I'd like you know like not give her so much slack, but she's like a little girl, right. and like they need to like back off a little yeah and i mean you know again the argument is that she should know better and if, if you're it doesn't matter how many times Why is he is in it, calling but her up for that song i just yeah i just i just think it's to believe it out. i don't like that like that's yeah i, I mean I, I get both sides i think i think the girl could have been smarter about it yeah but the fact that everybody is yeah blasting her for it but I, that's what i, don't I feel understand. like if kendrick didn't do that he would get a lot of crap maybe too right. yeah but i mean nobody says anything to schoolboy either i don't know it's confusing yeah. and especially them being on the same label and having yeah. different completely different thoughts on it is weird and i think this this whole argument about the n-word will never end and i i suggest everybody who who isn't black like don't you don't know don't try to don't, say it. Yeah, don't try. <laughs> um but, but unless you us. have the hood pass no i don't know there is no then. hood pass there, i mean nav had the hood pass and like there's other people that had the hood pass yeah. that but but then you have Lil Pump openly. <laughs> he, Lil Pump and um, J Cole recently had an interview. Oh, wow, that was a dope right. interview. It was it was an amazing interview, and um, Lil Pump is saying the N word to J Cole, and I, oh, and I, I didn't even realize that though, the whole right? time. Who Lil Pump? No, they were that he's, he's Colombian. Like he's hundred percent Colombian. No. No. He said okay, it in the interview. Why does Six Nine say it as well? Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, if if we want to if we want to blast these young white girls for saying it, I think blast like Kendrick. Rap, like yeah. Kendrick, you're you have the power. Like. Call out six nine and, mm-hmm. yeah. and nobody calls Pump out six nine for them. it. Like I've noticed right. that. Like for yeah. that's what but I'm he saying. Like all the time. You it, that's that's what's wrong about it. That's where the balance is off. That's mm-hmm. why it doesn't make sense to me because it's like we have people that are able to use it and nobody says a word to them, and then you have you know like a little white girl using it and it's reciting it's, the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and that doesn't make any sense. It's a lot of room but, for confusion. But J. Cole, I put him on the same level as Kendrick as far as like, yeah. you know, maturity in the rap game and all that kind of stuff. And so J. Cole could have called him out. Yeah. He's like, yo, don't say that while we're talking or something. Yeah. I don't know, but it's weird. Um, and that being said, um, this is exactly why 
I think the word packy, like, I think that it's better to, like, redefine it. Us yeah. being in America. We don't want it to go to the N-word We level. do not want yeah. it because I think, you know, obviously if somebody uses it in an offensive yeah. way to call you a packy this or that, it's like, yeah, I mean, I mean that could be with anything. It also makes sense because back in the day, like, they would use that term right. to, you know, make Pakistanis, like, look bad and stuff because yeah. they were seen as, like, kind of... Right. you know spreading their culture or whatever but now we have place. the ability yeah. to like own it and be own like it. yo we own this word yeah mm-hmm. and we're gonna make it ours and we're gonna make it cool and yeah. that's why i think when people uh ask us about that like why well, you guys use that word and stuff i think that's my number one thing is like look at what the n-word is and it's like just we do not want it to be at that level right. but yeah i mean uh let us know what you guys think about that because it's still a very uh confusing line yeah. there and if there is a line but <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy um so last time we did uh, a few questions um, and listened to you guys, what you wrote to us about and everything. And this is actually a really, really cool thing. So um, do you guys remember that a girl wrote to us um, who uh, remained anonymous, but she was African-American and she wanted to, um, she was, she's dating an Indian guy and well, she was having problems. Something? She wanted to meet her parents. She wanted his, to meet his, his parents. parents and they, they really like each other and they, you know, they want a life together. Yeah. And she asked us, you know, what do you guys think? Like, what should I do and everything? So, you know, we on the podcast discussed it and, you know, told her that she needs to be open and honest about it. And he yeah. needs to be that sort of deciding factor of like, you know, if you yeah. want this person in your life, you got you to gotta make that move. And she recently just wrote back to us um, oh, after hearing us on the podcast. An update. She said, hey, I met them Saturday, meaning the parents. His family was very welcoming of me and very nice. They wanted me to come over more and they didn't have a problem about my race. However, his aunt and uncle were kind of hesitant, but his dad told me it will take time. But thank you so much. He listened to the podcast and finally made this huge step in our lives. We really appreciate the advice. This really changed our lives. Wow. Wait, who listened to the podcast? He did. He did. He did too. Boyfriend? Yeah. That's wild. I thought she meant her dad, his dad, but... So, <laughs> the moral of the story for any consulting, marriage advice, relationships, send it in. strange players, uh, anything, divorce, send it in. <laughs> we will give you the rates. We, we are one for one, 100% success rate. <laughs> no, but seriously, that is so dope. That is awesome. And, and it's an honor that yeah. you wrote to us and, you know, we were just having an open and honest conversation. Thank you for the update. That was really cool. And yeah, yeah, yeah we definitely appreciate that our update. warm heart. And I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. Like, that's really cool. That the parents are cool. With it. And the parents are, were like, oh, it'll take time. Like, yeah, they, the aunt and uncle don't even worry about the aunt yeah. and uncle. You could don't be married to anybody in the world and the aunt yeah. and aunt and uncle <laughs> will like still be snakes all. inside eyeing <laughs> right. you and giving you uh they'll have an issue with that there, there's snakes with even brown people too like. that, that's what i'm saying like there's yeah. no there's no way yeah. around the aunties and yeah. uncles but the parents are the most important and if their parents yeah. are that accepting mm-hmm. then that's, you're good that's a huge step you're good that's dope I, i'm really glad that this is uh working out for you guys and um if you if anybody else out there wants to write to us i know we're not like uh i, I was just joking about you know us like giving advice and stuff but i wasn't <laughs> okay well if you amber knows everything but um for for shimmer and i like we're always open to having like honest conversations um and that's what we try to do on the podcast no matter what you know background you come from or anything so if you want to send us your stuff expert uh, advice you know strange flavors rebranding yes (laughs) um send it to us uh by email strange flavors podcast at gmail.com and you can be anonymous too whatever for sure and just let us know that or you can also reach us on twitter uh and instagram and facebook we're at strange flavors on everything So thank you again, and 
we're really happy for you. So did you guys see this Mac commercial? Um, it was like sponsored. We were so a lot of people who were Muslim, like it showed up on their newsfeed. But it was a whole look. Like Mac a whole, the makeup company, right? Mac the makeup company. And they had a whole makeup tutorial. And the caption for it was um, how to get a glam look for Sahur. Wow. What I think that we even? all need that. <laughs> Are people really doing that for Sahur? Sahur so, so is no. like the, the time you wake up in the morning. Right, right. Where, where you so look like a dead iftar, person. Not, yeah. not dinner time. This is four in the morning. Ramadan. Right. And so instead, I guess they tried to make like a good effort to be like, you know, inclusive and, you know, but clearly they should have done a little better research while they were doing it because nobody's about to put glitter eyeshadow on to walk Dang. downstairs. They wait, so they were being very serious about it. Yeah, no, it was like. I mean, a, it are was, people roasting it? Heck yeah! Oh, but they're recognizing it too. Isn't that kind of cool? I mean, it's really. They cool. should have went with an iftar look. Right. Iftar that's look. that's. Yeah. They Zabur didn't do their research. Like, like they were trying to be like, okay, yeah, look at us. Like we're we're yeah. you know Ramadan, we're inclusive, and then all of a sudden they didn't do their no, do enough research and they like blasted this out and it's like yeah, nobody wants to do anything at Sahur <laughs> time three in the morning. You know my. Dad dad literally uh two days ago he comes downstairs with his eyes closed he's like feeling around and then he sits down and he's eating with his eyes closed the entire time and we're all staring at him we're like what are you doing he's like the sleep isn't leaving yet <laughs> and then he's like and then after he finishes he just goes right back to sleep because he's like i, I don't want to like he was still in the zone you know yeah like sometimes once your eyes open too much yeah like yeah. my sister says this all the time where she's like um if I wake up, I, I only like leave one eye open so that the sleep stays in the other. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. It's so funny. But yeah, it's what it's the 11th day of Ramadan. It is today. Is it going good for you guys so far? Yeah, that's pretty quick. I didn't even know it was the yeah, day. I'm, that's what I'm saying. It went by super fast. Um, and also, we had this uh, viral YouTube video, um, Types of People During Ramadan, uh, last year. And... Uh, this week we will actually be dropping the second part. This is a oh, podcast a exclusive. Podcast exclusive. Um, which <laughs> we lost half the ask. half the footage for, um, <laughs> and we'll have to re-record. There's a lot of work that goes into these things, people. Like it's it was a whole a day, struggle. a whole day. I'm, I'm glad though. Like this problem hasn't happened that much before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like. Um, you know, it it happens to everybody. So, and I'm yeah. also salty that it's only the characters that I was in. Like all <laughs> that the stuff that you guys day. did yeah. is it's only there. Amber's characters. But <laughs> but but we're reshooting because it's definitely worth it. And we definitely yeah. want you guys Movies to see it. Movies reshoot all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. that's that's true. And they have to virtually put in mustaches and yeah. stuff. So I have a beard right now. Like we have to virtually take this out <laughs> to be, to be accurate. But no, we're uh, we're excited and and the way that we you know film all our stuff and like do all. Our creative process is so like you know guerrilla style that we're just like always on the go and just kind of um you know there's no there's no other like manpower behind it besides what we do and so it's it's part of it but you know that's what makes the story and the and the drive and it's all like motivational so and one scene that we did last time, it took Frost and Shamir and Bauer like an <laughs> hour to do. Literally. Oh gosh, so this time, hour. you know, this we can try to cut it short it, and yeah. have you guys not laugh the whole time. But that's <laughs> yeah. kind of fun, too. Yeah. So check it out when it drops. It'll be it'll be up this week um, on our Ronopono YouTube channel. Um, OK, so speaking of Ramadan, um, we wanted to highlight somebody who's sort of different than um, the typical Muslim that you hear. Um, on today's episode. So 
the stranger we have today is Tahir Sanusi. He's um, a long friend of mine, and I think recently with you guys especially, he's been involved um, with some of our projects. You've seen him before if you watched Brown Code. Um, but an amazing person, a really down-to-earth person, and he's here to talk about you know being uh, an African immigrant from Chad. Um, he's got a very unique story and upbringing um, and adapting to the different cultures and societies in America um, and as well as uh, working for the army as a Muslim. So we hope you enjoy this episode with Dahir. I think uh, when it's you know uh, when it's raining and the sun is out, when rainbows come out usually. Yeah. That's like my least favorite weather you, of all time. Actually, I'm with you on that. I hate that it, it, so it's, much. It's like, like kind of wet, kind of dry. Yeah. And it's just like it's the, just ugly. Yeah, it's like yeah. the, the sky is dark, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the sun is out. It's like no. And everything's just droopy from all the rain, and it's just, yeah. I feel like it's, it's so gross. Nice. It's like it's like it was gross, and then like the light shining through. No, the sun is the gross part. Oh my god. <laughs> Trust me. It's, it's like one of those weathers. Like your day just got ruined. You would try to have a picnic. <laughs> you wouldn't have a picnic. All of a sudden, it rain, and there's a rainbow out of nowhere coming out. And then the sun is there just to tease you, let you know, like, yeah, yeah. that's I'm right. I'm still here, bro. I'm yeah. still here, but, but the ground is wet. Yeah. <laughs> um, how's your Ramadan going so far? Uh, alhamdulillah. Uh, it's probably, I'm trying to make this one of my better Ramadans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't been going to Tarawih as much as I wanted to, and I just started reading the Quran a lot now. But um, Do you feel like you're in a different place this Ramadan versus other ones? Um... I don't know, cause I feel like I've been regressing each, each Ramadan. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Cause it's like it's not as special. Not, also, you have no. you're not living with your parents anymore, right? Do you think yeah. that affects it too? I think that yeah, that affects it too. Cause like you know, my life just flipped upside down. You know, I got married. No, not for a bad part, but it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it's like a flip. No, 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 not even that. It was a change. Yeah, it was, it was like a huge change that I never like expected. All of a sudden, I have a wife now. I gotta. You know, maintain my life. I'm responsible for things now. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but I mean, yeah. even beforehand, I would say that you were like yeah. the probably one of the most religious people in your house, if not yeah. the most. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not like you know you were you were in a household where everybody was super religious. Yeah. Going to one that's, I would say, like your wife now is, you know, on the same sort of yeah, yeah level yeah. As, as far as religion. Yeah, we're both but, on the same level, mm-hmm. but it's just like the hunger that you used to have. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's not as much because mm-hmm. like you got everything you want. You got your wife now, the white woman of your dreams. Mm-hmm. You got your own place. Aww, the woman of your dreams. Wow. He made you got, up quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but now nah, you got your own place. You know, you know, you're going to school. Everything's steady. Yeah. So it's like the hunger to like improve yourself and the dean is not there as much. You got to now. You got to look for it. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. You know, we've we've known each other for a long time, and uh, well, how? let's talk about how we met real quick. <laughs> so, so we went to um, the same mosque, which yeah. like you know we had uh, barely a mosque then. Yeah, like a office building. Yeah, different buildings and stuff like that. We have a very small community where we're from of Muslims, but uh, Dahir was one of them, and he was one of the only 
uh, black people. I saw like a bunch of kids and stuff like that. But I saw you, and I mean, uh, you look familiar, you know, but okay. I just didn't know you. Because every time you would walk out the mustard, everybody would just crowd for us. I'm like, what's <laughs> like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this guy? Like, so I guess, hey, I remember I talking to you, like, you know, trying to find out what you were about. You know, what okay. you, you know, why, like, you know. No, it wasn't cloud. It was just, yeah. I think a lot of times people would just kind of like put me up in front when it was like, yo, who do we talk to for this? Oh, just for us, you go handle that or something. But um, growing up, like in our sort of, you know, small circle of youth, you were always that like light. Like, I think that many people would agree to that. And it was it's funny because you were like the only one that was kind of like different than everybody else. Otherwise, you were like just as much a part of us and you embracing that, everybody else embracing you, like that was like so unique and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I still don't know like why you chose to do that. Ironically, the kid that, that brought me to the community wasn't even a part of the community. Like he never hung out with Faraz, all these guys. He's always, he lived in Harvey Grace, you know, far away. Like maybe like 30 minutes from the masjid and he barely came to the masjid at all he wasn't he was he's actually not even religious really so he like you know i have these friends that these kids that i know they go there and we say i got when we were little kids not anymore but but i'm introduce you to them bring you here so he dropped me off like i said he just dropped me off and then left and like the way crazy how a lot works like they just everything just like fell into place like i wasn't even really trying like hard to make friends and stuff like that like the way i talked to them they were just so easy going it's like they didn't screw like they didn't like ask you like where are you from like why are you here like they just had this like the parents did though the parents did yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. oh who is uh his yeah. friend uh when yeah. did he convert <laughs> yeah 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 but the kids they're just like man they were just so like I, i'm telling you like these these guys that uh, much of the full law these kids they have this pure hearts like I'm it's you, not us bro it's you that's what i'm saying no no but <laughs> you're the I, energy uh, bro like that's nah, what i'm saying no nah, but like <laughs> they were better than everybody else they were evil before you no yeah, no but like, like, like but like, think about it though when you say like evil and do bad stuff you know yeah they like let's say they would do stuff but they they, they had limitations you know what i mean mm -hmm. like they could go out to a party and stuff like that but they knew their limitations you know what i mean like they came home they weren't changed they still knew who they were you know and that's what i saw in them like they knew who they were. Like they, they know that they're from Pakistan. You know, their culture, they respect it, and such and such. And that's what like pulled them in. And then just with them being so nice and friendly, that was just a bonus. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, was there an, any like awkward moments? Like especially you being, um, you know, feeling. Were you? Did you ever feel like an outsider in any way? Like, d did you get any awkward questions or um, put in awkward situations when you feel like you're not a part of the culture or anything like that? Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like, that, he was bro, ready for that, bro. That, that, yeah, I felt so awkward, man. Like every, every times where I never even wanted to come mm. to what, the mushroom. What questions were there? Yeah, <laughs> it it wasn't because they were like, all right, because you know, like it was a big. Fa it's a family mushroom, you know. Everybody's family is always there, right. but I'm always the only one by myself. Uh, like my family never came, you know, and it just felt weird you know mm. i wanted to like introduce my family and, and such and such but i just couldn't because it just wasn't in that type of situation so you know when everybody would you know hang out with their moms and their dads and stuff like that i would it would just be me and i just didn't feel like i fit into that part so every time i 
there's something going on at the masjid. They'd be like, come, come, you know, we're, we're having this you know, going on or we're going to hang out outside of here. We're going to go to this guy's house, such and such. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go. Like, their mom's going to be there. They're going to ask me questions. <laughs> and I'm not ready for that. So, yeah. Wow. Um, and, and having said that, like, you know, you being um, much older now and, and being at a lot of different parts of the area, not just like that small community we grew up in, um, what have you seen as far as being a uh, black person at different mosques, especially when it comes to you being like um, one of the only ones there? You know, a lot of these mosques are Desi or like Arab and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you seen a lot of like um, singling out or like any sort of looks? What do you usually see? Oh, yeah, uh, most definitely, man. Um, come just come to the mushroom, the mushroom that I grew up in. We grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it would be just be you know I was the only black kid there, but there would be like black people here and there at that masjid. Yeah. But it's just like I, it just makes me feel so bad because those black people that come here they don't have they didn't have the opportunity to the blessing that I got to assimilate as much you know because they they don't have they can't make friends with the Daisy uncles you know what I mean like <laughs> they, they just it just doesn't work with them you know so a lot of these older black people that will come they will just be on their own you know sit that sit by themselves or wait for another black person to come and they'll interact with them you know what i mean and i just it just pissed me off so much because i wanted them to like integrate so bad like i did but like i I just forget to understand that their situation is just totally different they're older and it's not gonna Mm -hmm. work but when i moved out to baltimore man it was like complete cult culture flip like culture Mm -hmm. shock i never really went to a black masjid I went to this masjid called Al Haq. It's like close close to here, mm-hmm. and uh, it's man, it's a whole bunch of black African Americans come to that masjid, and it was so surreal. And then went to masjid Al uh, masjid Al Nur too was another one. It was very diverse, Arabs, you know, Asians, Pakistanis, every everybody was there. And now that I'm living in Baltimore and I'm branching out, experiencing all this stuff, it's making me appreciate Islam more. And it's like even in Harford County, like. I want to be wearing like a kufi, you know, walking around. I just never had that. I'm not lying. I never had that courage to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But when I came to Baltimore, I see like you know black brothers like they like dap me up like, "What's mm-hmm. up, Ak? What's up, Aki?" You know, like, oh, okay. yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. And I see them wearing the kufi, you know, they respect out they, in public. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, they appreciate their religion, yeah. and it just it makes me like you know appreciate Islam a lot more to see that. You know, told me all the colors. You know, Daher, you're a tank. Your voice sounds like <laughs> Dominic Toretto from Fast and Furious. You can wear whatever you want. Yeah. No one's gonna That's say anything very to you. Very true. <laughs> yeah, I'm you be- tell other people what to wear. Like, <laughs> you have that type of power. What's your uh, ethnic uh-huh. origin? Uh, so my uh, father's father's family is originally from Libya. My uh, my grandfather's were raised, born and raised in Libya, and he moved to Chad in West Africa. Um, and he that's when they had um my uh my father and my uncle and all them and then so I'm like yeah yeah so yeah they're from Chad they're from Libya they came to Chad but I don't have family in Chad except for my cousins my uh aunt and a couple one one of my uncles so I'm like literally like one of the four Sanusis left in my whole family mm. <laughs> wow you moved here from yeah. a very uh young age like how much of uh, that do you remember or associate with? Uh, it's it's pretty like it's pretty vague. Like it's like yeah. you remember here traumatic things you remember, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't remember like a lot of the the dynamics and the culture. You kind of lose it a lot when you come here, because you know your family wants to like 
assimilate. Yeah, assimilate, you know? Yeah. And it's different because that's why I respect the Daisy's culture so much because you guys don't necessarily try to assimilate too much because you guys still maintain maintain your identity, your cultural identity. But us, for like black Africans, people that come here, we kind of like lose our culture. We try to we try so hard to assimilate, you know what I mean? To a point where sometimes we get you know lost into the African African American culture or white culture, you know stuff like that. I think it's uh, also because like African American culture here is like very strong. Yeah, I, I don't think we have like a very strong Pakistani American culture yet. Uh huh. But and when we do, it's yeah. like already made. So like, you can still be brown and still be in a group of people. But I feel like um, there's not that many like types of people that are like you guys. That's like you know from Chad that are Muslim, like, that's a whole group in itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, what are, like, the main differences you see when it comes to uh, culture comparing, like, Africans and African-Americans? Mm. Main thing, the main difference between them is that I told this uh, to Ayan before, I was speaking to him in the podcast with his, um, is that African-Americans, they've came on, you know, boats, you know, slavery, slave ships mm-hmm. and stuff, when they came here, they got their uh, culture stripped from them, the identity stripped from them, you know. Religion a lot of Relig- times. Religion so. stripped yeah. from them, too. The humanity was totally stripped from them. So that means they were affected, you know, tortured mentally, physically, and spiritually. For us, though, we never came in slave ships or boats or anything like that. We still stayed in Africa, but we had colonialism. You know, we had people conquering our land, taking our resources. They were able to affect our, you know, natural... our environment but never touched our our mind you know mm. we're still spiritually intact intact we maintain our culture preserved everything but for them they lost everything they had to start all over again so we, you know yeah. that's why you know africans and african-americans you can't really group them together because we're two different people we've never experienced that trauma that they've they've experienced that's why you know when you see black people out in the street sometimes you know when foreign people come they're like oh uh, these you know these black people don't hang out with them you know you know what I mean like mm-hmm. stay away from them such yeah. and such oh they even say that to to, to you yeah, yeah even even Africans too wow. not even just Daisies say that to you know their kids and stuff when they come here even Africans tell them tell their kids like don't you know, don't get caught up in these with these black people they're gonna make you do drugs and stuff like that That's so interesting yeah wow. so but then but we we fail to understand is that the tra- level of trauma that they realize is just unprecedented in, in history mm-hmm. you know that's why it's I've, I've read research, you know, is that the trauma that they've experienced is actually genetic. It's the slavery traumas are actually genetic. That's why they're so more aggressive than other people. They get offended easily because, like, stuff that's been happening when they were slaves or ancestors has been carried on to them now. So, like, you know, when you see a, you know, when you know, a black person gets mad at you, you know, such and such, and or you pull a race card on you or such and such, you can't really, that's why I don't blame them for, like, the way they act or, you know, mm-hmm. the condition of poverty that they live in because they've just been institutionalized mentally physically and spiritually mm-hmm. you know for us we never experienced that so because i had a conversation with my uncle that I, I was raised by him when i came here and he told me like you know yeah man i don't understand i came here with nothing in my pockets and i came you know i made it you know i'm you know, i got you know i put a house i got a house i'm feeding myself but you know he he, he came to dc when he first immigrated here but then he was like I don't understand why some of these black people that live here, you know, they they you know they don't know, you know, they're not moving up in life. They're just staying where they're at. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I and I, try, I explained to him like, man, you you never had that tra- trauma that I experienced. 
you know, you're not you're not really deprived economically, socially, you know, spiritually like they have been. So you mm. can't really compare us to. Yeah. And um, when we would be like at different events and things like that, and I would hear some older like uncle or auntie say like, talk about you. When it came to everybody there, it'd be like, oh, Tahir is um, oh, the black friend, but but he's a good one. Yeah. That yeah. would make me snap because yeah. I hated hearing something like that because it started off that, you know, we try so hard, um, at least in our community as the youth to not be like the parents that have these like terrible stereotypes and everything like that. And I think, you know, this like, but for anybody that was sort of like that didn't look like us or anything, we worked really hard to pull them in and make sure like we have diversity because we didn't, we just didn't have that much diversity. And so we tried so hard to hang on to you. And it was like, it was like when, when you would come to different events, there was a lot of people behind the scenes that were trying to make it work so that make sure that Tahir does not, you know, know hear or see anything or this or that because, because it was like, it's unfair. Like you're saying now that like, you know, you felt awkward because you didn't know your place. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, we knew that. We're like, yeah, obviously he's not going to feel in place when you say things like that or when you make him feel like an outsider, you know, you ask him like, oh, when did you convert? Like you, you can't assume that's, that's very interesting. things that's like interesting. that. And oh. yeah, so I just remember doing that and just being extremely like mad at like, you know, these older aunties and uncles, they ruin everything. Did you get asked a lot if you converted? Oh my God, that's the, that's the first <laughs> well, no, thing. It was a rumor yeah. for a yeah. long time at our mosque. Man, like it'll be the same people asking me the same thing. <laughs> Brother, when you convert, mashallah. I just told you last week <laughs> I didn't convert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, you decided that you were going to uh, go to ROTC and work with the Army. What made you decide to do that? Oh, well, I didn't go to ROTC first. I first actually joined uh, the Army. Okay. Like, I went enlisted. Like, I literally gra- I graduated uh, June 10th, 2014. And literally June 11th, I went to recruit <laughs> office. The fact that he remembers the yeah, date. I, 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 signed up, I signed all the paperwork, but they were like, we just need your high school diploma. So we're going to wait for you to graduate. The next day, I took it, and I went to the recruiting office wow. and got myself straight, taken care of, joined, joined the National Guard, went to basic training uh, for for um, Fort Benning in Georgia. Then after that, I went to Fort Lee in AIT, for AIT uh, Advanced Individual Training. And then uh, basically the reason why I did it was, um, I'm not a lot of you, because I, I came here with my uncle, my, my, my father, lives in Chad still, uh, my sister, I got two sisters, uh, and I have a brother, they both live in Chad. But my uncle, he was, I was named after him, his name was the same name as me. And he was one of those people that, that made it out in the family, you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. worked hard, made it out to the United States, you know. But he wanted to bring me along with him because my mother wasn't in my life. My f- mother left a family when I was like two years old. So it was just my father raising me himself. So. My uncle was like, man, this is my nephew, you know, I gotta give him an opportunity, you know. So he took me in with him, with my cousins, and raised me up, you know. He did everything he could for me. But when it came, came time to graduate in high school and everything, he just had a real talk with me. He was like, man, I'm sorry, I just can't afford to take you, pay for you to go to college. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh man, what do I do? And, um, and you said, wanted to go to college? I, I did, I, yeah, I really wanted to go to college, you know, I wanted to do something with my life. But then um, I just know I didn't know how to pay for it. And long story short, recruiter, recruiter came in to the school. Uh, they gave a presentation, and, and I, I did it. I signed up, and then um, 
so I just like, you know, I told him, hey, uh, this is the only way I could pay for college. Can you understand? You know, and he was like, I was at first I thought he was gonna be like, what are you doing? You selling yourself? Mm. You selling your selling your soul? Why would he be uh, pissed? Yeah. Oh, because because he's, he's African. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's they they don't some things they think it's gonna be taken to the extreme. You know what I mean? Because mm. he's 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 one of those people that he doesn't hate. He doesn't like when you take things to the extreme. Like you know what I mean? So when you come here, you're supposed to like be subtle you know do what you got to do but don't do nothing extreme nothing crazy you know what i mean be balanced yeah be balanced you know going to the military was just an extreme thing you know? so he thought you'd be like in the front lines and stuff yeah yeah like- stuff like that but surprisingly he was like hey man i respect what you're doing do your thing so i just did it right. well you did get a lot of questions i remember from uh maybe more than your uncle, the Desi uncles in our community. Oh, yeah, like, I got from that for Islamic so, community, man. So, Tahir, uh, you were going to be killing people? Yeah. <laughs> like, literally. I'm serious. Literally. Wow. He was, yeah. like, put up and, he, like, people were, like, asking, yeah. oh, you're going to the army, okay, so yeah. how do you feel about this, this, this? Yeah, they made a Dr. Khan made an announcement about it, too, man. He's like, he's going to uh, gonna uh, the army this summer, you know, this and that. I was like, oh, man. like Because they, they were trying to ask me Islamic questions and how I felt about it. and. Uh. Well, what was your reaction to that? Like, what did you tell them? Like, and what was your purpose in the army? And where would you draw that line if you know? Yeah, um, things got real. So the Islamic thing was because I said I, I talked to a couple of sheikhs about it too. Matter of fact, because it was kind of troubling me too. But what I found out was that one of the one of the wise sheikh sheikhs told me about it, and he was just like, you know, is because people don't understand about the army is two different sides of the army. There's, there's combat and there's combat support. So you could do combat support, but you're still, in a sense, helping people that are actually going out in the field and killing people, in a sense. Mm. But I want to do, you know, the combat support side of it, you know, military intelligence, stuff like that. And I talked to the sheikhs about it, and they were like, oh, is this a good idea? I, and I was like, I don't know, I'm not going to be on the front lines. And they're like, um, man, just pray about it, do Sahara, Allah knows your intentions. But then something that I came to realize is that... Uh, Coming to the United States, man, I don't care what people say about America, but it's probably the greatest, greatest country on earth, honestly. Mm-hmm. You don't get the opportunities you don't get right. anywhere else. Right. So being in that position, I felt like, you know, I have to, you know, make use of my opportunity. And going to the Army, it, I consider this country in my home, too. I live here more, I live more in the United States than I lived then in Chad. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this is my home. And I don't know what verse in the Quran said it, but it's like, if it's your home, you have to defend it, you know what I mean, no matter what. Mm. So I consider this place my home. So if it came time to defend it, you know, this is my right to do that. So that's why, I, like, that gave me that leeway to, like, you know, do it. Did you end up doing Estahara to find out if you wanted to go into the Army? Oh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. And uh, everything just worked out. And right. Allah got me So to, for the uh, non-Muslim listeners or even Muslim ones that don't know what that is, it's kind of like a, it's like a decision, I guess, prayer. like you, you pray to yeah. find out uh you know what you should do when you're having difficulty deciding on something you do that and then you know it like kind of a good sign or you feel good or gives you an instinct yeah yeah so after i finished did that then i want to do rotc and what people don't understand is that in the military is it's two different sides another side of it is a enlisted side and officer side i don't know if you know for for hod's dad right. uh, a lot of rest in peace um but uh, when you become an officer, you're actually in charge of soldiers. You're the one that's making things happen. You know, you tell people, you know, where to go, what, you know. Just like in a, uh, in a store, you have your manager and then you have your uh, employees. Hmm. So in the military, you become 
officer is like a manager in the military. Mm-hmm. But to be able to do that, you have to have your college degree. So they came out between to go to Morgan. So I got a conditional release from my unit and the National Guard to do the ROTC program at Morgan. And once I finish that, I have to serve uh, four years on active duty. But I had a six-year contract. They froze that contract. So that way, like, if in case I don't finish the program, I have to, they're going to send me back to Guard and finish my six-year contract. Mm-hmm. But since I did the ROTC, I have a four-year contract, four years on active duty, and then another four years on national on the reserve side. So that's like eight years in total. Wow. Is this <laughs> something that you're going to, like, consider, you know, yeah. keeping in your career as you move forward? Um, this, like I said, this is just a tool for me, honestly. Okay. It's, not, it's not something mm-hmm. I want to use for my career. Mm-hmm. It just, Allah just gave me this tool to get where I need to be, uh, especially now that I'm married and military is going to take care of me once I graduate, mm-hmm. you know, give me a house, stable job. A lot of people graduate, have a hard time finding jobs. So it's just, like I said, the tool for me to get where I need to be. Yeah. But, what is your, like, ambition after, I guess, like, doing your service? Uh, Motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah. Uh, my ambition is uh, I actually wanted to work for the USAID, USAID. Uh, you guys know uh, U.S. Agency for International Development. Rescue. Yeah, yeah. I want I want to do like humanitarian work, mm-hmm. but more so from like the uh, the other side of it, not in the field. But I want to actually make the policies that help people. Uh-huh. So like I want to work for the U.S. State Department. So being an officer in the military is definitely gonna give me that get my foot in the door in the federal mm-hmm. government, mm-hmm. you know, and be able to, like, make things happen to help people that are, like, suffering in Southeast Asia, Africa, all these impoverished countries. I want to put myself in the position to be able to help them because I know what it feels like to come from, a, you know, the poorest country, you know, and the, one, of four con- one of the top five poorest countries in the world, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Wow. People were still struggling back then back there so I want to be able to put myself in a position where I could give back to them you know. and I can't think of a better person to do that <laughs> than you literally like That's people awesome. see the smile it's wow. like here's a million dollar check right now man bro I used to think this. I used to think this was a curse man like, the, smile? the smile no no not the smile <laughs> <laughs> nah just being so like so nice all the time man I used to think that was such a huge burden you know it's like you just can't help feeling bad for people and you always want to give people your last and such and such. You have like a nice demeanor but like a really deep voice so yeah. it's like a good it's like if you <laughs> feel like an aggressive yeah. demeanor and yeah. that deep voice like that'd really? be I've actually but I've actually never seen Tahir mad I don't think. I've seen you upset not mad though. Yeah it, it, it takes a lot it takes a lot to get mad to get me mad but one thing I found out was that if you would mess with my wife I'm gonna get pissed. Ah, <laughs> like, I, I didn't even know like yeah. Like one thing that oh, pissed that happened me, to you, yeah, because like we were in a in a, tra- uh, a traffic stop. Uh, it was a red light. We're actually downtown Baltimore by Redwood Street because I used to work downtown, mm-hmm. and uh, we stopped at this light, and this guy cut cut uh, lyric off. That's my wife's name. He cut lyric off, and then he stopped at this light. He was on the left side. She was on the right, and when we were at the light, he like rolled down his window and started cursing. Like, what are you doing? Like, F you, F that, like. And I was sitting in the car, I'm like, what? What are you, like, what are you doing? Like, uh, I was like, you got out of the car. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? Next thing I know, man, I blacked out, came out the car. Yo. I walked all the way to the, it was a red light. I walked all the way to his car. I was on the passenger side. I walked all the way to his car, his driver's side. I was like, kept banging. I was like, roll down the window, roll down the window. <laughs> and he rolled down the window. 
But he acted like he was about to pull out a gun and stuff. He was like fumbling like in his thing. He's like an older black guy. He's like fumbling in his thing. I was like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's like, you going to talk to my wife like that? Ah. And he just kept looking at me, pretend like he's trying to pull out a gun or something. And uh, all of a sudden the light turned green and he's like hit the gas oh, and like took damn. off. That's a protector though. Yeah. That's like a protective thing that's that awesome. you have. That's that's good. Yeah, man. That's, that's what, like a scene from a movie. That you, <laughs> like, you want the good guy to like do something. Yeah, man. Like that, uh, That's what pissed me off, man. When I see like injustice going on to people mm. i get really pissed off man like, i can't stand somebody doing somebody else wrong i can't that's stand amazing that. though like yeah. that you have that instinct and quality but you know Tahir does have like an extreme weakness if like, you can't <laughs> you can't beat this guy up you can't like get to him mentally but there's one thing that he has oh my god don't say it <laughs> he's super ticklish and when yeah, you tickle yeah. him he sounds he he will literally destroy a room because he freaks out and he sounds like a dolphin. Like, Yo, can we hear like, it like as deep as this voice is right now, oh, imagine man. the complete opposite of that. When he's laughing, it's oh, like the girliest, like little, like little tiny girl. Like that's what he sounds oh, like. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, it's so cute. You, you guys found out how to activate it. Nobody really took tickled me like that before. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, he moved bro, his he hand around his area. Yo, they, they, they held me down. They held my arms and legs. Wait, like, no. you literally. join this community and then they start tickling you? That, that oh, was like yeah. that was like their their hazing thing to make sure like I'm <laughs> they, to make Every, sure I'm right. No, everybody got, everybody got initiated. Thought here included. Like, yeah, like that's, that's how they haze you into the community. Like, they take, they but we'd always you. make jokes about like you know him being in the yeah. army and stuff. We were like, dang, like. Tahir, if we ever fight for another country, like we just put the guns down and start tickling you. Like, <laughs> it's it's over. We'll just tell him like yeah. Tahir's gonna be like the leader of them, and he's gonna be like coming and he's gonna be like, "Yo, that guy's ticklish, bro. <laughs> just go and tickle him. He's fine." Yeah. Um, but speaking of being married, how's that been so far for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I man. love your wife, by the way. Oh yeah, you do. She's such a sweetheart. Oh, yeah. She likes you too. Oh. <laughs> I thought he was about to get offended and walk over. That um. Man, married life probably being married is the best decision I ever made. Wow. Yeah, wow. best decision awesome. I ever made. Literally, you never um, hear that anywhere else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, people usually make a joke because yeah. <laughs> because uh, um, me and her, you know, we're both cancers. We're both. She was born July seventeenth. No, I, don't do, don't do no, that. I was gonna yeah. ask you. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, no, 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 we just click on. Remember, I told you the spiritual thing. Yeah, but you yeah. didn't talk about the astrology stuff. <laughs> no, I didn't no. know this is what it's coming from. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not astrology. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't. Forget believe about it. him. He yeah. doesn't believe it. And you keep no. talking. Frost is anti-astrology. No, I, no, I don't literally believe in the astrology. No, well, like, I don't literally believe in astrology. But I don't in, like, worry about him. Thing. Stop anyway, explaining yourself. To I, him. I'll tell you later. But anyway, um, yeah. So we both have like the same type of vibe. You know what I mean? So, it, you know, we click a lot. What are characteristics of a cancer? Or of you too. Uh, or of you too. It's more like we're both like very emotional people. Okay. So we, you can imagine living in our house, <laughs> being in our household. <laughs> so, Just uh, crying. Yeah, very emotional. You want you wanted her, bro, I and want, only her, really her. badly. I wanted her. Like I was really like on some creeper stuff. <laughs> like that's serious. I, I wanted to go. I get a I get a um, I get a text. <laughs> Like middle of the night, yo, for us, you up? <laughs> Do I say this? Do I say this? It's like, yo, there's this girl that goes to your school. It's like, yeah, she's in the MSA. Like, um, I can like, you know, 
yeah. put in a word or something like that. And Dahir was so like, he asked me the next day, like, what'd she say? I was like, bro, I haven't even been to this. <laughs> I think she was kind of like, not with it at first. No, she, was, she wasn't with it. Actually, I got rejected hard. I got rejected hard, man. I told you, right? When I sent her like the pictures and stuff, and yeah. I was like, took some random Facebook Well, you had like pictures. the army like uniform no, on. Yeah, and yeah, like, but I thought I was going to work, though, because you know, they're like soldiers, women yeah, like yeah. soldiers. But come to find out, she's like kind of anti military. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. what it was. She doesn't like the military. Yeah. And I, that's the picture I sent to. Yeah. The military. Yeah. I was like, you yeah. cannot deny like the black Mr. Clean. Like, he's yeah. amazing. Black Mr. Clean. Why is <laughs> that's that what so it, that's what accurate? <laughs> that's, Yo, that's so accurate. That is accurate. What have you learned, um, you know, living and, and having a partner as an African-American? Like, what are some of the things that um, you guys have, you learned from her, she learned from you? Um, because you did have a very ex- different experience uh, growing up. I didn't experience that type of um, discrimination. I, I didn't even know what discrimination was. And I'm, I'm be honest with you guys. Like, awesome. well, like literally, I swear, I never experienced discrimination. So I'll, you know, that's that's what it was. And then, but when I come talking to her, like I'm hearing all this stuff, like you know, discrimination that she's experienced, you know, hatred, you know, stuff like that. Especially with her, because not only is she black she's also a muslim that's like double discrimination you know what i mean mm-hmm. convert too convert black muslim woman you know black no three women get discriminated and she's black and she's a muslim you know i think mean? that's the <laughs> i think we've had this conversation like, that's like the i'm not gonna say like worst thing yeah. but like you know the the most challenging thing you could be right it's a black woman muslim that's, yeah that's crazy black women always already have that stereotype on right. them Plus that black stereotype and the Muslim stuff, mm. so she she goes through a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. So coming from you know me not experiencing that stuff in Hartford County and meeting her, I go, I come to really appreciate black people, like literally, you know, black. And I know I start to understand really the difference between us, you know. I didn't know I was different from black people at first, but then when I come look at my life now, my life back then, and how her life is, it's like two different worlds literally two different worlds like something i learned um in school is that uh we have these things called the hidden hidden um hidden rules every culture has their hidden rules so like let's say um wait like you got daisy people you have your own hidden rules that me as a black person when i came to the masjid i didn't understand Mm -hmm. you know i didn't understand the rules how you guys interact how you know what Mm -hmm. things what not to say and such and such or what you know social classes you know, how up what social class is down, you know, stuff like that. Like what? Like what are some hidden rules? All right, let's let's let me some some hidden rules would be uh uh let's say if you walk into um when you talk to talk to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Like a white person talk to somebody, black pe black people don't talk about their feelings. You know, they don't talk about their feelings a lot. Like okay. they they can't say, Oh man, I'm I'm hurt, I'm sad. In a black family you're not allowed to talk about that. You don't say that. Okay. But in a white family that's like Everybody talks about their feelings, you know what I mean? Yeah, everybody does. So if you, if a white person talk, a black person has a conversation with a white person, and the white person talking about how, you know, that person hurt his feelings and such and such, the black person would be like, man, what are you talking about? Mm. Like, suck it up, you know what I mean? And that's what I found out living with her, is that that, that the hidden rules is like, you really have to understand it. She, she's very liberal enough to explain to me those hidden rules, because, you know, I'd be around her family and such and such. But for me, I'm coming in not knowing, because I'm African, you know, we don't have, I have, we have our own hidden rules, but we don't know the rules of that culture. So when I'm living with her, interacting with her, I'm started, slowly starting to understand that, 
is that pro- is, is that do you think pro- problematic or that's just like the way no that's is? just a, the black the yeah. black culture in general the, mm-hmm. be not understanding feelings or even the black people that grew up in the hood you know when they come to around white people or white neighborhoods like because some something that pissed me off about baltimore so much is that it's so divided i had no idea growing up in harford county you know yeah you don't see that much there's like poor areas but it's not like so drastic as it is in baltimore it's like I'm like, what the heck? Like, I'm walking around one block, right? It's a nice, clean neighborhood. You know, trash is mm-hmm. picked up. I'm like, go go to the next block, literally like 100, 200 feet away. All of a sudden, the crime rate jumps about 50%, you know? And like, trash everywhere is a liquor store in the corner, fried chicken joint, you know, right there. People like selling drugs on the street. I'm like, hold up, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Why is this disparity going on? So with that being said, you know, if a people somebody from the hood went to the white neighborhood, he wouldn't understand the hidden rules of that. So, what is he, your understanding of all of this? Like, what do you do with it? You know? Yeah. So that's the thing, man. It's like it's so sad because these people that are making things happen, they don't understand the the how these rules operate. Like, uh, I was uh, I used to I did security at Verizon store one time. And there was a, he was, I think he was a delegate or a councilman or something. He was elected by a mayor, uh, Catherine Pugue. And, but he was like, tell me why. Can you explain to me, man? What's, we, we try to put, we just put a brand new community center in the, in the neighborhood. And uh, it's just, it's messed up. They messed it up already. Like, well, like, what the heck? What's wrong with them? Come to find out, this guy's name is, like, his name is Don Jensen. And he's, his grandfather, <laughs> he was born in Norway and he came here. Mm-hmm. And, some some idiot, I mean, some smart person wanted to put him, supposedly smart person wanted to put him as the chairman for the board of uh, community activities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's talking about a white person coming to a, a black, predominantly black area and talking about putting him in charge of a community center. And when it gets messed up, he's going to try to blame the people, saying, oh, why they're messing up. Man, think, like, think about the root of the issue here. You just put a community center in a ghetto in the hood and you expect it to not get messed up when you guys don't even put any resources in that area mm-hmm. like something i found out was that in baltimore being a political science major when i was it's something about they have gentrification going on in baltimore mm-hmm. city Definitely. and they have this thing called the they used to have this thing called the weinberg foundation which is uh they try to segregate the communities on purpose so it was um they put on the deed of each neighborhood because i was wondering why all, all neighborhoods just predominantly white all neighborhoods predominantly black why is that so to come to find out, the Wander Foundation had this like thing where in the deed of the house, they would only sell the house to a white person in the deed. So if you wanted to buy a house, or you want to sell your house, yeah, you're not allowed to sell it to another uh, black person. You have to only sell it to another white person. And that's how they preserve the integrity of the neighborhood, the white integrity of the neighborhood. I hope that um, you know just your, your experience and everything, and people that have similar experiences, they'll get out there and people will learn to put people in positions yeah. that are from that area that would know it best and that would look out for their community rather than somebody who's just kind of like getting paid to do a job and yeah. they're like, yeah, I don't know. I'm telling you guys, whatever. Baltimore is a, is a very sad situation, man. Mm-hmm. Very, very sad situation. Living the life that you have lived, uh, going through everything that you have gone through, what do you think that people can sort of learn from that? Like, what have you learned from that and what you can like share with everybody else listening right now? Like, what's the most valuable thing that you've sort of taken away from your life so far? There's there's good people, people people are good in this world. Like people are, there's actually a lot of good people than we think we have in this world. Seriously, 
Like I, I would not be where I'm at, where I am today if it wasn't for the people that were around me. Like people that sacrifice a lot just to you know do things for me. Even the little things that people have done for me has gotten me to where I'm at now. So I can't say I work hard. You know, I put myself through this, this and that. I didn't do none of that, man. I had somebody along the way to help me get to where I'm at. So if anybody's like struggling, you know, in life and such, like look to your left, look to your right. There's always somebody that is there to lend a helping hand. Believe it or not, people are nicer than you really think they are. You know, so Dang, you this man is too beautiful, bro. <laughs> No, do, you, do you believe that? Like, I, I think that's maybe that's naive to think, but I feel I'm like sitting in front of you me saying right now, that. Bro. I feel like you saying that explains why you said that you feel like you're too nice to people. Because uh-huh. I feel like you look at like the good in people as well. Yeah, I think I think we should it's, we should look at the good, man. It's nothing. It's nothing wrong with being nice, though. It's 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 the it's the integrity and like the self respect, mm-hmm. which like you and the discipline. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, like that's what those are the qualities that sort of like make you as a person, and it's like. That can always. There's nothing wrong with being too nice when you have those things, and I'm all. I'm always learning from you, and I think you're always. Whether you think you're doing it or not, you're always teaching people and like always influencing exactly what you want to see in the world. And you're saying, you know, there's good people out there. It's like, honestly, like we have you sitting in front of us right now. Like that's yeah, as an example. I feel. I feel honestly. <laughs> so I feel the same way. I feel. I feel the same way about you. I honestly, like don't seriously. Talk, they, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I really feel the same way about you. No. Like, I see what you do, man. Seriously, like I, there's so much I can say about you right now. But it's okay. Know. We talk about yeah. me too much, but um, no, we we definitely um, appreciate you as a person. You've always been there to help us with our creative stuff too. You went on Brown Code, and uh, you sat there through uh, Shamir calling you Tyrone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he called you every he called you every stereotypical black name, and you sat there with a smile, and you're like, yeah, "That's uh, still not me, Tyrese. No, <laughs> Tyrone. No." <laughs> But no, um, yeah, we thought here like you are an amazing person. I hope that this episode inspires other people and you continue to do what you do. But we do have one final question that we ask at the end of every single podcast. And Amber will ask you that question. If you could describe yourself as any flavor, what would it be and why? This man loves spicy biryani, even though it sets him on fire. It hurts so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to go with... Uh, Peanut butter cup. Okay. Why? Because <laughs> um, I'm, you know, <laughs> because <laughs> you ever had a Reese's peanut butter cup? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it looks, the, the outer shell is kind of tough, you know, but when you get to the middle, Aww. the peanut butter is smooth yeah. and creamy. <laughs> 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 Dang! I thought you were gonna say soft. No, this but he said smooth and creamy. <laughs> this man says smooth and creamy. Oh my god! The good, the good, the good smooth. You know. Oh wow! Congratulations, lyric. This is mashallah. Wow. Lyric gets to experience this. <laughs> All right, man. Peanut butter cup. Uh, again, we appreciate you coming on here, yes. and best of luck to you on everything that you pursue in life. And you guys as well. Uh, you guys are doing an amazing thing with this podcast. And, uh, hopefully this goes far. And uh, hopefully, you know, a lot of good things come your way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that so much. Thank you. And for everybody listening, it's been another week. Another flavor. A little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time. Boy, you got me. Boy, you got me.